You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. So yeah, uh, I'm just. I'm, my name is Justin. I'm really, really uh, excited to be here with you guys this morning. I'm just really excited about these these videos too. I think they do such a great job of uh, of explaining uh, and giving context for what we see. In God's Word, um, I'd also ask you, just as a personal thing, to pray for the, the guys that are producing this, the Bible Project, because um, they've got a lot of influence. They're doing a lot of really awesome things right now. Um, I have no qualms about where they're at right now, but it freaks me out a little bit how much, like how awesome they are. Because if they ever go off the rails in the future, I feel like it's going to really mess a lot of people up. So just pray for them that they would they would continue um, to produce really good, high quality um, stuff, really good, truthful stuff. Um, and, and check out their videos. They're really, really, really helpful. Um, so when, when Nick uh, talked to me about the book of Joel, um, I was really excited because it's, it's one that um, I feel like I don't really know uh, a ton about. It's one that I, I'm, I think I've read probably at least ten times you know, in my life, <laughs> or heard about at least that many times. Um, and I can't remember exactly the, the timing of it, but I think at some point, really close to when Nick asked me to preach on Joel, um, my friend, his name is Joel, he lives in Powell, um, he, he lost his dad. And so he's been kind of going through this hard thing. And so I've been thinking a lot about him, and I've been thinking a lot about this book, and I've been reading it. And so just just the, the name, Joel, has been on, on my heart and my mind a lot recently. Um, and I, I'm fascinated with names. I love finding out like what people's names mean and, and the, the things that are attached to that. Um, and actually, I found something really fun uh, with Joel's name um, that I'm going to share with you guys uh, near to the, to the end um, of today. Um, but So if you're taking notes, um, the, the thing that I think Joel is about, the thing that if we had gotten to see the whole video, you, you would have been able to see, and, and the thing I really want to land on today is this idea that... Um, no one but Yahweh is God. Okay, so if you're taking notes, just write that all out. No one but Yahweh is God. Um, if that's the first time you've, you've heard of that that, uh, that name Yahweh, that's the it's, it's called the Tetragrammaton, the Y H W H. Um, it gets it gets written out as the Lord in all caps um, in your Bible when you're reading. Um, this this year for my like reading plan as I've been going through and reading, um, I've been trying to insert that name whenever I read the the word the Lord um, in my reading, and it has really helped me to like personalize and and think about what I'm reading as being an actual person and not just some disconnected, far off um, figure. So I, I would encourage you if that if that would be helpful to you um, to give that a shot, and that's how I'll even read a little bit today. Um, before we before we dive into scripture, something I wanted to kind of to, uh, to illustrate, it's also a little bit of, of my story, um, is, is something that happened to me when I was in college. So uh, when, I, when I first became a Christian, I was like 12, and um, I believe that was genuine. I believe that I really, really wanted to, to follow Jesus and know God, um, but I didn't really have many people showing me how to do that. I didn't really know what that looked like in my everyday life. And so through, through middle school, through high school, even through college, um, I was really struggling with what it meant to follow Jesus. And I, I, I had a lot of different things kind of come up and a lot of different opinions about how I do that. 
Um, and so at some point in that, in that line, between my freshman or my, my senior year of, of high school and my freshman year of college, um, I felt like God was calling me to go into full-time ministry to be a, a pastor. Um, and so I wanted to go to Bible college. Well, that's, what you, that's what you do, right? And so um, I was really excited. I, I found this college. I finished my, fr- my freshman year of college, and um, I transferred to this school called Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington. And I was, I was so pumped. I was really excited because I, I knew I wasn't doing a great job of really following the Lord. I knew that I was really struggling with some things, and I was like, this is going to be the first time where I'm around a bunch of other Christians who haven't figured out we're going to do it, and then I can just I can just watch them and copy them and do it like they do, and and it'll all be really great. Um, and I quickly found out that that's just not true. <laughs> um, it might be news to you, uh, but just because a college is a Bible college doesn't mean the people there are all Christians. Um, in fact, when I went, I was I was pretty shocked, disappointed um, to find that mostly everybody, though they would have called themselves Christians. Spoke and acted no different than the community college that I was at before. And in some ways, I I saw worse things. Um, And that that did a few things to me. Uh, One of those was, um, I'm not not proud of this, but it kind of cemented in my mind this idea that, okay, so I guess the Christian life isn't about what you do or what you say. It's just about what you think. You just have to know the right things. And that's how you can be close to God. It's possible for your relationship to get with God to be completely intellectual. And so that's the way I lived out the next um, like two and a half years of my life. It was this purely intellectual thing. I was gathering facts about God and, and thinking that that meant that I, I was in a relationship with Him. Um, and so th- this story comes my, my junior year, about halfway through. Um, it was with my friend. Uh, his name is Stephen Masters. And uh, I was in his room because he had an Xbox. And one of my favorite things to do in college uh, was was play video games. Um, in fact, I think if you asked my friends what my top three favorite things were, it would have been um, video games, um, relationships, uh, like dating Sarah and my friendships, and Taco Bell. And those were like, <laughs> those were my top three, right? That was it. It's like what I lived for. The majority of my time, energy, and money went into those those three categories. Um, and so I was in, I was in his room, I was playing, uh, NBA, 2K, whatever it was, 13 or something, 14. And, um, he was doing homework. And I noticed he had put all of his books away and he put his notebooks away and he pulled out his Bible and he started reading. And I had a point in the game where I had a little free time and so I looked over and I said, Stephen, what class is that for? Because in my mind, at that time, the only reason that you would read your Bible is for class. You're finding out answers to the problems you were working out in class. It was a textbook. And that's what I asked him. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me, and he said, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't for class. Like, I'm just reading this for, for me, for my time uh, with God. And it got real quiet and a little awkward, and I felt really uncomfortable. And I said, oh... <laughs> Cool, yeah. That's, that's good. And then I turned back to the screen and I started playing NBA 2K14 again and he started reading his Bible again. And there was this, there was this thing inside of me. I just said, man, Stephen has something that I just don't understand. 
He has something. He's doing something that I just, I just don't get yet. And I, I, I know that it's right. Um, and man, I wish that I had just shut the stupid game off and talked to him about it, asked him some questions, and, and asked him for help and how to do it. But I, I didn't. I just kept on playing. But I remember from that moment, I was like, man, I don't think that I really have this figured out as well as I, I thought I did. I don't think this is all about intellectualism. I think there's something, something more here. And um, in that moment, I think that I, I probably would have said what, I, what my studies were, were telling me to say, which was that, yeah, Yahweh is God. I can show you here, 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 and here why that's the case. Um, but if you looked at my bank account and you looked at my register in terms of how I use my time, uh, to me, it was video games, relationships, and Taco Bell. That, those were my three gods. Right? And so when I, when I get up here and I talk about this idea that there's, there's no God but Yahweh, that no one but Yahweh is God, uh, I come at it from the understanding that that's not where I was a long time ago, and that... Uh, I've come a long ways from there. <laughs> Taco Bell, I can proudly say, is no longer one of my one of my idols. <laughs> um, uh, video games also is again not not one of my not one of my idols anymore. Um, I still struggle with relationships, man. That one's that one's a tough one. It's hard to balance family and my spouse and uh, my my friends. Um, I, I really care a lot about what other people think, so that one's still still working on that one, right? Um, but I think this is something that we all share, right? This is something that everybody feels from time to time. I don't think I've met anybody who would say that they have just really got it figured out, that they, that they really feel like as long as they've been a Christian, they, they, they know what it looks like to perfectly follow God. I think we, we all have these things that kind of pop up, these secondary issues or these, these other things that come up, and they, they take our attention away, and we, we can become fixated on those things. When we begin to treat them like they're God instead of... Yahweh being God. And the beautiful thing about that, as awful as it is, is that God understands us and that we're not um, alone in that. that. That's the story of the entire Bible, is that, that Yahweh is God and that his people have a really hard time really getting that. Um, and so that's what we see in, in, in all of the Old Testament. And as we've been going through these prophetic books, that's what the prophets keep talking about over and over again, right? As we, as we look back, they're just over and over again, they're saying, hey, we're kind of getting off focus here. We're looking over here at these things, or we're looking at that, and we need to be looking at, at who, who God is. Who is who is Israel's God? Um, so praise the Lord. He's, he's shown us you know, what, that, what that looks like. And So the cool thing about Joel is he kind of sums everything up. So if this is your, if this is your first Sunday at Common Ground, you've been wondering what we've been talking about, um, Joel kind of just sums it all up. And so I, I kind of get the, the, the capper here uh, at the end. Um, he's very, um, he's not vague, but he speaks in, in a lot of generalities. Um, he, he never, like, accuses Israel of any specific sin. Um, and I think that's because he doesn't really need to. The, the other prophets beforehand have kind of already done that. And so Joel is, is explaining to them, you know, hey, you've, you've heard these specific things that you've done, and, and you know that you guys have messed up in these general ways. Now, here is, here's the solution, right? Um, and so that's where we come into into uh, into the text here. The uh, the first chapter, like like Nick mentioned, um, is a lot about these these people, uh, these these locusts. It's this this big um, idea that these locusts, this plague coming, uh, these locusts just devouring everything. 
Um, and it goes. It goes wave after wave after wave. Um, side note, if you guys didn't know, locusts are grasshoppers, but they have this like trait in them where like when a bunch of grasshoppers start like rubbing up against each other when there's so many of them, they it like triggers some sort of like hormone in them that makes them like get really big and cannibalistic, and they just eat everything. Um, so it, yeah, little interesting tidbit. I found that out like. I don't know, two months ago, watching some <laughs> nature show on Netflix. <laughs> um, that's what locusts do. They're just these like really big, main grasshoppers that eat each other. So they, they eat everything. I mean, the waves of locusts eat thing after thing after thing. And then the, the reason that they're all gone at the end is because they like they just eat each other until there's only a few left and then they die. Um, it's just, just if you can just think of like wanton destruction, that is that is what locusts are. Um, they even destroy each other. Um, so, so yeah, you've got, you've got this, this picture of this, this past judgment, and then Joel talks about this, this like future judgment that's, that's going to happen because Israel keeps getting warned and keeps getting um, um, chastised and, and asked to turn away, and they, they still won't. Um, and so there's this, this future day of the Lord that's coming where, where things are going to get real, real ugly. Um, and that's where, that's where you come into where we're going to go today, um, which is Joel chapter 2. We're going to look at verses um, 12 and 13, and then verse 27, uh, kind of to cap it off. So if you, uh, Joel, if you kind of open your book, maybe if you're in the Bible, like, like a physical one, uh, like about halfway, and then a little bit, um, if you flip to the right, uh, you'll get past some of the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, um, and it's right between Hosea and Amos, which are both medium-sized-ish books. And this one's really small, so just find Hosea or Amos. Find Hosea and go forward, find Amos and go backward, and, and you'll find Joel. Uh, we're at chapter 2, uh, and we're going to look at verses just 12 and 13. Yet even now, declares Yahweh, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to Yahweh your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And He relents over disaster. So this is coming after Joel has talked about this thing that's happened, and the thing that's going to happen. But God steps in and He says, it's not too late. Even now, He says, come come back to me, return to me. See, I think sometimes we have this attitude that once we get kind of stuck in something or once we, once we start doing something that we know is wrong, it's just kind of like, oh, hands up, I give up. I'm just, I'm just stuck in this. I can't, I can't quit this or I can't, I can't get over this, so I'm just going to keep living in it. And I think God, man, he, he knows that that's in us. And he knew that that was in the Israelites, and I think that they were getting to that point. And he's saying, even now, like, don't, don't just give up. Don't quit. Like even now when it looks like it's the worst or even now when it looks like this this thing is coming down the line, turn. Turn turn back. Come back to me. Be with me. Um, And he says, he says, rend your hearts and not your garments. Um, The the Bible Project guys do a good job of, uh, they talk about how repentance can be, sometimes it can just be a show. You know, like we, we just act like, we're changing our ways and we just act like everything's different now um, when, when nothing had really changed uh, inside. And so God, obviously, He knows that we can do that. He's not, he's not dumb. <laughs> We're not going to fool Him. And so He's saying, uh, instead of tearing your, your clothes in, in agony and making this outward show, 
want you to tear your heart. Be, be actually affected. Think about the things that I'm telling you. Do the things that I've asked you to do. Understand that I really am the Lord. I'm, I'm Yahweh. I'm your God. Not these other things you've been chasing. And then um, there's this, this, this quotation um, from Exodus. Um, so God says, return to me. And then Joel says, yeah, return to Yahweh. He's your God. He is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in steadfast love. And then he adds this little part as his own. And he relents over disaster, which means he doesn't want to bring these locusts to attack you. He doesn't want to bring these, these things that are coming. He doesn't want to do that. I think about like my relationship with my with my with my two girls. Um, my one year old discipline is kind of like eh, I don't know how effective that is at this point yet. But my four year old, um, I want to do everything that I possibly can before having to like physically discipline her or put her in timeout or whatever. Like I want to give her every single opportunity to to turn away from whatever it is that she's doing that's wrong. Right? I'm not like I'm not the kind that just wants to jump in and and uh, and put her right away. Like. I want her to turn away from it. And probably to a fault. Praise the Lord. God's like perfect in this. He knows exactly when to give the, the, the punishment, the discipline. Um, but man, I just like, I just don't want to see her disciplined. I don't, I don't want to see her like, uh, not doing the things that she thinks are fun. Cause most of the time, I want something really good for her. And, and she's wanting something else that she thinks is better. But if she would just do the thing that I'm asking her to do, it would, it would turn out really well. And so I give her chance after chance after chance after chance to turn and, and to do something that I'm asking her to do um, in, in the hopes that she'll relent. And, and man, God, he's, he's the same way, but perfect, right? He doesn't want, he's not just sitting up there waiting to dole out punishment or waiting to zap us, right? He wants to give chance after chance after chance. And so that's why Joel is this like summation, right? All these other prophets that have come before is God saying, please, like chance after chance, turn, quit doing that stuff. Come to me. It just makes more sense to be with me than it does to just do all these things your own way. And so God gives them chance after chance after chance and and he wants them um, to turn. And then there's this, there's this, um, there's this promise. So, um, if you look in, in uh, verse 27, the same chapter 20, uh, chapter two, not 22, it's only three. Chapter two, verse 27. This is talking about you know what, what would happen if they would repent. And so he's he's gone through this whole um, list of great things that would happen. And this is this is the uh, the capstone of that. He says, "You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel." And that I am Yahweh your God. And there is none else. My people shall never again be put to shame. That's what would happen. He's presenting to them these, these locusts and then this, this crazy like army that's going to attack them. But he's like, if you just turn to me and be with me, you'd know that I'd be with you. And, and you would know me. You would know that, that, that I am Yahweh, I'm your God. And this is, I think this is where, this is where Jesus comes in, right? He came and he, he lived among people, right? He, he literally came into the midst of Israel and he lived with them because he didn't want them. He, he saw the same things in, in them. He saw people who were making secondary issues the main thing. You know, they're taking all these rules that 
maybe were helpful, but they were elevating up and above who God was and making that the thing. And Jesus met people who could care less about all the rules. They'd kind of given up on that. And he was helping them to know who God was personally. So, so Jesus fulfills um, even this part of this prophecy and comes in to show them who Yahweh is. He came in the flesh, flesh to show us what he was like so that we could know him, so that we could have this relationship with him. So you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am Yahweh your God and there is none else. There, there is no one but Yahweh is God. That's, that's, the, that's the point. That's the thing Jesus came to show us. And so where this gets really fun for me is the names. I mentioned that at the very beginning, right? The names. Um, just love, love names. I heard people like, have names picked out for their babies, I always want to know why. Tell me why you pick that name. I, I just love it. Um, and so the, when I started thinking about the name Joel, uh, I just started thinking about some of the stuff that, that I, I already know about Hebrew, is that they don't have the, the just, they don't have J's. It was like Y's and stuff like that, kind of like Spanish. Um, and so Joel would have been pronounced more like Yoel or Yael or something like that. Um, and so I was thinking... Okay, Yoel or Yael kind of sounds like um, a flipped version of Eliyah, which is the, the name that we gave our daughter, Eliyah. Um, that's where that comes from. And it's, it's I, I think, the way that they would have pronounced Elijah's name in Hebrew, um, Eliyah, which means, uh, my God is Yahweh. El means God, uh, Yah means Yahweh. It's like the shortened version of, of Yahweh. So, Yael or Yoel would be, Yahweh is God, right? It's just it's just flipped, right? It's inverted. And so I was like, that's pretty cool. And so then I looked it up, and, and that, that was is right. That, that's what it means. It means Yahweh is God. And I was like, wow. So he just spent this whole book trying to explain that. He's, he's the summary guy. He's the one kind of taking us through and quoting all these prophets and, and quoting Exodus. And his summary, as his name indicates, is Yahweh is God. That's what that means. That's what his name means. That just like blows my mind. That's so cool. I don't know if like he was named after this was written or before or like you know how that how that works. Um, but that's just really cool to me. This is the guy that God chose to bring up this summary. Yahweh is God. That's his name. And so we can we can we can get off on this, right? We probably all have. And I don't know where where you stand. Uh, maybe maybe you're like me when I was in college, and you feel like you know you, you genuinely have given your life to the Lord, but you just there's been some secondary things that have come up, and that's really been your focus. It's been it's been hard to know how to walk through and, and figure out how to walk with Jesus. Um, maybe you're at where I kind of feel like I'm at now, where I've, I've been walking with the Lord for a little while. For me, it's been about five years. Um, again, Taco Bell video games are out, but there's still things that come up out of my heart that I, I need to deal with. I need to, I need to work through these. I need to put those away. Those are not God. Yahweh is God. And maybe you're in this room and you've never come to either of those conclusions yet. Maybe maybe you've, you've never... It's not a returning to the Lord thing for you. It's a coming to Him for the first time. And maybe you've experienced these, these locusts. 
where your life has just been one thing after another of just taking away, taking away, and everything that you think that you have, that gets taken away too, and over and over and over again. You feel like what you've been trying hasn't really been working. And the beautiful thing is that God says that the solution is the same for all of us, right? There's no God but Yahweh. Yahweh is God. He's the one who can fulfill us. He's the one who can sustain us. He's the one that we need to live for. That sounds really basic. And if, if you were me in college, you would have heard the same message and said, I know all that. But I wasn't living it. And I need it today. And so what I'd like us to do is um, just to take like five minutes. It's not a super long time. Just to, to personally just pray and do, do some repenting. All repenting is really is like agreeing with God about my sin. My sin, it's, it's bad. It sucks. It gets in the way of the things that, that I want in terms of my relationship with God. So just to agree with God about what your sins are and the things that you've been putting up above Him. You probably won't need to think too hard about that. There are probably things you're going to think of right away. And just ask God to, to take those things from you, to, to turn from them, to repent from those things, and to, to help you, to make Him... Your focus to make him the thing, right? Let's take five minutes to do that, and then um, I will. Uh, I'll pray to close us out. Jesus, we um, just come before you as a as a community of of your followers, as your body. Lord, I thank you so much for this this book of Joel and, and his life's work was to help the people turn back to you, to help the people see um, what his name means, that, that you are God, that you are personally, you are our God. And Lord, I pray that as we as we do that, as not not individuals but as a, a community, as a body, as we turn um, from the things that hinder us, from the things that are secondary, maybe are important, but not you, as we turn from those things and, and fix our eyes on you instead, I pray that um, the, the simplicity of that would not deter us from, from doing it wholeheartedly. Pray that as a body we would we would see you as you promise in our midst. That we would have confidence that you are God and there is no other. That we would be better mothers and fathers. That we'd be better brothers and sisters. We'd be better sons and daughters. We'd be better employees and employers. Pray that we would watch as as each one of these things, as they fall away from us, would impact um, every ounce of our life, and that we would we would see, as a body, how much it, it helps and lifts up um, us as a community. That we would have have the vision of being your hands and your feet, and how when they're freed up. Um, they can do a lot more things. 
I pray that that would excite us. That, that would get us really um, pumped about what it is that you're doing. You say later in Joel that you're going to pour out your spirit um, on, on anybody who's willing to take it. And so I just pray that we would be so excited to receive your Holy Spirit and to, um, to, to work with it, to tell people about you. That this would be our prayer. This would be uh, something that we do together, not just something we think, but something that we really do and speak together. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.